Hello, Rundown Nation. Welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. And the committee has spoken, Walt. We have our final four teams in Alabama, Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati uh, will be playing for the college football playoffs this year, Walt. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing to be said anymore. And really, the way it came down on Saturday, Woj, is there wasn't much decision to it. I mean, it's hard to argue at this point. People have their gripes with Cincinnati, but hey, we got our top four teams. I, I think it's kind of hard to argue at this this point with the top four, that is. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was <laughs> it was pretty laid out. It was pretty obvious. Um, what wasn't obvious was kind of how they ranked them, but we'll get to that a little later. Um, first off, story one last week, the last week of our DFS wall, he scored 119.24, so not a very uh, big week as far as points go pretty hard to find some value but story did find some value in jerome ford from cincinnati the running back scored 36.40 points for 195 per point so good for finding that pick uh in the captain's showdown we did which was the michigan iowa game walrus 67 took the win with 86.10 point hit the hit the captain's pick with the haskins uh which was big uh, I took the kicker for Iowa wall, so I, I already jinxed him. That I, as soon as he missed that first field goal, I yeah, I, it, it was jinxed from the get-go wall. We'll say that's why they lost the game. I'm I'm quite <laughs> sure it's not, but we will blame this one on you, Woj. We're gonna blame it on you. All right. Well, on to our winners of the year-long DFS league. So we did the two different winners here. We have the average placement over eight weeks, and we have the overall points. Uh, from your best eight weeks. Uh, so the average placement, I finished in third with 2.125 points, and we had a tie, dual winners, while you and Story finished at 1.875. Story had an impressive five wins over the eight games, but while you were just a little bit more consistent. Yeah, he shoots for the fence. I mean, it must be those uh, Twitter <laughs> followers that he, he follows. But I'm like you said, I'm more consistent. But that's how I like to be, Woj. I, I think consistency gets the money. I'm not not real happy we have to share this prize here. I don't know how you're going to work that one out, but I, I really don't want to share my prize with this guy. Well, we're just we're going to have to just chop it in half, and <laughs> one gets one, one gets the other. Uh, but in the overall points hasn't changed in like four weeks now because <laughs> it's just you guys had so many points, but I finished in third at 1,395, 26.2 points behind the leader wall. You finished in second with 114 or 1,419.22 points, eight points behind the winner story who finished in first with 1,421.22 points. Just couldn't catch him there. That eight points was just, was, was haunting you there, Wall. Well, yeah, but by my math, it's it's only two points, Woj. I don't know where that eight points comes at. Oh, you're right. From, you're uh, right. I, right I, I'm good I mean, at math. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, you got me there at least, Woj. I'm good for something here. But two points, I mean, can you believe it came down to two points, Woj? I mean, that, 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 that's, that's that was pretty crazy. I, we mentioned it a couple weeks ago that it was that tight, and I, I couldn't believe it over eight weeks that it was that close. But... Uh, yeah, that, there's something to be said about that. I am sure algorithms out there have similar things where there's just a number they have to reach and that's what they get to. And you guys reach that number more often than uh, anybody else in the league. So congratulations on your, your second place victory there and your first place in the average placement wall. 
Thank you, Woj. Thank you. I look forward to next year. Let's see. Uh, let's see how big we can make this tournament. I was a little disappointed in the turnout with the last week, Woj. I think they're all gunning for me, letting Story get that first place. Had he not got that, I I think it would have been an easy win for my overall placement. But hey, next year, baby, next year. Yeah, everyone kind of threw in the towel the last week because yeah. they knew they didn't have <laughs> exactly. a shot. So they hosed me, man. They hosed me. They hosed you too, for that matter. But uh, yeah, next year, you know. Anybody that played in the league, thank you very much. It was, it's exciting. It's fun. It's, uh, I, I'm always, I in my, that league as far as my DFS, uh, over my real money sometimes just to see where we're at. Uh, but, you know, tell your friends, get anybody in. Uh, even if they don't listen to the show or they want to listen to a new podcast, you know, shoot them over, get them into the league. Uh, it'd be fun to get a little bit more competition in there and, uh, uh, looking forward to next year, Wall. But let's talk about last week's games. We had all the championship games. First off was that Pac-12 game on Friday, Wall, where Oregon got beat up again, 38-10 to 10 by Utah. Yeah, well, I was, you're not going to believe this. I was at a wedding on that Friday, so I didn't get to watch the game live. I was telling myself the whole time, though, I'm not, not going to pay attention to the score. You know, I'm going to watch it in the morning. It was impossible not to pay attention to the score. I saw the 38-10, to 10, so I'm not even going to lie, Woj. I saw... So I 38 to 10, I never even watched the replay of this one. I figured it was much like the first one. You know, Oregon probably just got crushed. Utah's the better team. There's, there's not much question about it at this point, I don't think. Luke. Yeah, and it's the same thing that we talked about the week before where they just couldn't get die the ball. Uh, and early on, there was a there was a moment in the fourth. I, I, I sent a text to the group. I think it was about 10 minutes left or nine minutes left in the game where they, they had a whole drive where it was just a pass to die, a couple runs from die, another pass to die, another couple runs, and he scores a touchdown. He had 15 carries for 82 yards and a TD, four receptions for 27 yards, and I think 70% of that was all in that one drive in the fourth quarter. Uh, they just couldn't figure it out early on. They, they, they turned the ball over on passes and, you know, Utah gave them opportunities too. They turned the ball over as well. The Oregon D just didn't give up, but they just couldn't score points. I, I, I can't figure out this last couple weeks why they didn't do die, but uh, Cristobal's going somewhere else. So maybe somebody else will take the reins and figure it out a better way to get their playmakers the ball. Who knows? But uh, yeah, we'll see. Big 10 championship wall. Our Hawkeyes did not fare so well against Michigan, 42-3. to Yeah, I don't have anything to say about this game. I mean, it's <laughs> dunk for Iowa in the fact that they really had nothing to gain from winning that football game, which that's a hard position for college athletes to go into, knowing they really have nothing to gain. If you think about it, Woj, I mean, they weren't going to get in the playoffs, right? The way the committee had set it up, even if they yep. won that yep. game, they weren't getting in the playoffs. They weren't going to get in the Rose Bowl. The way the playoff committee had it set up, Ohio State was going to get in the Rose Bowl no matter what, basically. So they were really playing for nothing, whereas Michigan, you know, they're playing for the whole shebang, Woj. It's come to fruition. They're going to the playoffs because they won that game. So it's tough for college athletes to get up for that game, but it's a rough one. They, they should not have lost that bad. That Michigan offensive line, man, holy cow. Georgia, be ready. You have the best defense in the nation, but you're about to go up against the best offensive line in the nation. Man, well, I, there are some friends of mine that are slow as hell, and I'm pretty sure they could run a 99-yard touchdown with this Michigan <laughs> offensive line up there. And you're one of them, Woj. I mean, this offensive line, just watch what they do. It's incredible. But the specific game, Iowa-Michigan, wasn't real happy with it, obviously. 
Yeah, you know, the Hawkeyes couldn't stop the outside run, which which kind of killed them in that game, and they made big plays off of it. You know, I was known for that cover two, don't give up the big play, but they couldn't cover the outside run in even on short side field situations they still were able to get large yardage just because of blocking. Uh, so I remember seeing at one point McNamara was down the field and given a good block, which was, was crazy. But, um, yeah, you know, Michigan does look good going into the Bulls. They kind of got shafted a bit in the rankings. Again, we'll get to that in a little bit because now they have to play Georgia for their first game instead of, say, a Cincinnati. Um but, uh, again, like you said, that offensive line is someone to deal with, and their running backs are good. So if you have that combination, you know, it doesn't matter how bad or good your quarterback is. He just needs to manage the game, and McNamara's been doing that, and that's why Michigan keeps winning, and uh, they're scoring points doing it. So we'll move on. we got the AAC. That was Cincinnati beating Houston in the title game, 35-20, uh, to 20, you know, playing for that, playing for that playoff spot wall. They earned it. They got it, Woj. And say what you want about them, they're in. Argue about it all you want. You know, Cincinnati's going to be playing Alabama in the playoffs. They're going to get a chance to go to the national championship should they be able to upset Bama. And that Cincinnati versus Houston game, man, that was a, a good game to watch. And we, we told you, hey, watch this football game. They didn't – I wouldn't say they blew out Houston by any means. I don't know watching that game that I thought Houston was going to win it at any point. But, I mean, one the thing – Ritter, Woj – Desmond Ritter, he, he he only had, you know, 190 yards. He actually got out thrown by two on the other side, but he only had 190 yards. He did have three touchdowns, but the key, he did not throw an interception. And going forward against Alabama, he's going to have to get that goose egg in that ink column because if he throws an interception, they get a turnover in that way, Alabama is going to win that game easy. They have no chance. So I like seeing the fact that he didn't make mistakes in that game, Woj, a big game, AAC title spot. You know, first group of six team going into the playoffs at the time they thought that, which it is true now. We know that's true. So I loved his composure. I love how he played football. If he can repeat that performance, even though, again, he did get out thrown on the other side, if he can repeat that performance against Bama, I think they got a shot, Woj. Yeah, uh, they do, if he can do that. And Jerome Ford, 18 carries in that game against Houston for 187 yards and two TDs. He's been kind of a steady workhorse for him all season. And you talked about Desmond Ritter. I mean, he's just, he's good. Uh, not not flashy. Uh, he has been flashy in the past, but, you know, he, it looks like they've they've settled down in their offense. And they're, I, I wouldn't say more pro style, but they're getting to that point. And it just I think that's a, that's the type of style that you need to be in these top four teams in college football playoffs to beat teams like Alabama or beat teams like Georgia. So good for Cincinnati. We'll see how that game goes. Uh, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in the coming weeks uh, with the bowl games coming up. But we'll move to the Big 12. You know, Baylor slashed the Big 12 hopes of uh, making the playoffs with the, the beatdown of Oklahoma State 21 to 6. You know, we talked about this while this was. We, 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 this was going to be a defensive game, and, and it was. It was. I mean, it came down to Baylor's defense at the end, Woj. I don't know if you're actually watching the game, but they Oklahoma State had, I think, seven chances from the one-yard line between the two drives that they got down there, and they, they couldn't score, Woj. Baylor stopped them. They pulled an Iowa-like defensive stop on the goal line. It was incredible, and that defense won the game for them. And Baylor put themselves in a good position to possibly be in the playoffs, which I'm glad they're not because I haven't been 
high on this Baylor team. I was pretty high in Oklahoma State, but they lost this one. They had their opportunities. But you mentioned it, Woj. You're 100% accurate. Defenses won it. Yeah, uh, just unique for the Big 12 to see two teams that were defensive-minded in that in that situation. But, you know, Spencer Sanders threw four interceptions. There were six interceptions in the game altogether. And, I mean, you just can't do that in that situation. Uh, no matter what defense you're playing against, you know, four interceptions, that, that's going to be the game wall. I mean, if he doesn't throw maybe two of those, they win. But uh, that's just what it is. Baylor ends up seventh in the playoff rankings, still behind Ohio State and Notre Dame to get into the top four. So that's just how the committee saw it, and I don't disagree with that at all. So moving on to the probably the biggest game of the weekend, which was the Georgia-Bama game in Georgia fell to Bama 41 to 24. You know, Georgia had only given up 83 points over the 12 games before the Bama game wall, and they gave up almost half in in, in one game. Uh, and I was talking with a buddy of mine, uh, my boss actually, the week before, and I was like, I, I think there's two teams that can score on Bama, and that's Ohio State. And that's, or excuse me, two teams that can score in Georgia, and that's Ohio State and Alabama, just because of the the caliber of wide receivers they have and the caliber of quarterbacks they have, and and it looks like it came to fruition. While Alabama destroyed them through the air, and did 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 it easily with 41 points. I well, I have big questions about this game. I mean, Georgia was a really good defense all year long, and then all of a sudden they come in this one, and like you mentioned, like. They, they couldn't even play past defense. You know, I get it. I get it. You know, Bryce Young, woohoo, big, great quarterback. But Georgia didn't have any plays. They weren't disguising their coverage. They were essentially playing a Tampa 2, which that's not their style, Woj. And it makes you wonder because now you got two SEC teams in the playoffs, right? And now you got the SEC making essentially double the amount of money. The SEC getting double the recognition. So I really question how hard Kirby Smart coached this game. I'm not saying they went out to lose, Woj. And I know that people might misconstrue it for that fact, but I'm not saying they went out to lose. But I'm went out, I'm saying they went out there and they left a lot, you know, in their back pockets, thinking that they might meet up again and they don't want to show Bama anything. So it's really disappointing when there's some teams out there that, you know, they got to give it their all last weekend to get in or to get to a better bowl. And that wasn't the case with Georgia. You know, it will We'll see if if they end up playing in the championship game. We'll see. We'll see what the better team is. But I wasn't real happy with how things, you know, played out on the field, Woj. Yeah. Uh, and if you think about it, at the end of the day, if Bama loses that game, the committee likely puts in Notre Dame, um, which would have been interesting. But nevertheless, you know, Mechie went out in that game for Alabama. It's one of the top wide receivers in the country. So they're going to have to fill those shoes going into the Cincinnati game. Uh, that'll be a big injury and a big question mark for Bama going forward. I know Williams is good, and he's just one of those guys who can go up and grab it. But having two of those guys is, is I think, key for that offense because they haven't been able to successfully move the ball on the ground versus good teams this season. So... We'll see how that goes going forward. Uh, that was the pretty much the breakdown of the big games last week, the impactful ones. While we still have a game this weekend, we got the the Army Navy game, which happens every year. I'm I'm pretty pumped for this actually. A little Army Navy action on Saturday, a little defensive showdown. Yeah, I love it. The uh, Commander in Chief 
trophy woge. I, I miss that Musburger is not doing the call anymore because that was kind of a tradition. But yeah, they leave it open. Weekend's open. We only got Army Navy. I don't know that I'll be laying on this one, Woj. But right now we got Navy plus seven, over under of 34 and a half. Army, you got to lay 305 if you want to make a hundo in this one. They're a pretty big <laughs> favorite for good reason, Woj. I mean, they're, yeah, they're a pretty good yeah. football team this year, right? Yeah, they were. They were. They have been for the last couple of years, Well, Yeah. And they, well, I I think they just do – they play football different than everybody else wants teams to play football. You know, they run that triple option, which, you know, that's part of the reason this over-under is, you know, at, where it's at. It's at 34.5. It opened at 37, Woj. This under you, – you won't believe this, but this under, the last 15 times these teams met, they hit the under, Woj. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> As much as I'd like that to be surprising, I don't think it's surprising. These guys play hard. They play really good defense. I mean, this is this is like the Super Bowl for these guys. So I I, I believe it. Yeah, and both of them are you know the clock management teams, which I kind of alluded to before. But it's that's just incredible. Fifteen, like get rid of those handicappers, man. How did they miss that fifteen times in a row? But you know, I digress. I digress. I mentioned that. Army's a good team here this year, Woj. They they made a bowl, you know. They they punched their ticket already. They're playing this one as a you know a fun rivalry, just to shove it in the face of Navy. That's what they're thinking, anyways. They're actually Army's playing Missouri in the uh, Armed Forces Bowl, uh, minus three and a half favorites over uh, Missouri, Woj. Can you believe that? That's that's pretty awesome to see Army in that position in a bowl game. I mean, we'll see if Missouri can show up, right, Well, Yeah, it's just. Uh, to see that Army team, you know, the favorite over a field goal favorite against that SEC Missouri team that, you know, they played pretty decent in the beginning of the year. It's it's incredible. It just shows you, you know, the disparity that exists in the SEC between the top and bottom teams. We got this Army team that's favored. But to get back to the Army Navy game, the Commander in Chief game, Woj, the, the trophies on the line. Army's 301.2 yards per game rushing. That's not going to surprise anyone. That's second in the nation behind Air Force. Also, Air Force is playing in a bowl this year, too, Woj. I don't know if you knew that, but they're playing uh, Louisville. They're only a one-point dog, I think, somewhere around there. Yeah, I saw that. It was more or less a pick'em game. Yeah, that uh, Army's been playing good the last couple of years. Air Force has picked it up this year, so uh, that, that's awesome. And it's good that, yeah. you know, it's first responder bowl and the Armed Forces bowl. That's, that's good for them. I mean, they'll be playing hard, especially for those. They will be. And I love seeing, I love the service games. I love watching them play football and I like laying money on them. If you listen to our bowl specials, which will be coming up at the end of the show, I'm sure we can talk about it, Woj, but you listen to the bowl specials. I'm going to be hammering one of the teams in that Air Force Louisville game. I'll give you a hint. It's not Louisville, but you know, I don't want to get too far off on a tangent again, Woj. Army's got a bigger problem in this game because they're going against that Navy run defense. You know, they're only giving up 132 yards a game. So you got the Army, best part of their game, obviously, is their rushing offense and their ability to control the clock. Well, now they're going up against Navy and their biggest strength, which is their run defense. So you like to say it. I like to say it. Something's got to give in this one, Woj. Something's got to give. But all that put together, it makes sense why that under over is at 34 and a half, opened at 37, but it's come down. It all makes sense, Woj. You know, it's not a great season for Navy. Not a great season for Navy. Army's had a pretty good season, but Navy can turn everything around with this one win against their rival. So, hey, don't count either one of these teams out. Don't count Navy out just because they're seven-point dogs. You know, they got a lot to play for, Woj. They can turn everything around with this one win. Commander-in-Chief trophy wall. This is this is a big game. I love it. I, I love the last game of the season, Army-Navy. That's awesome to, awesome to see. Uh, a couple things I want to note, Wall, just uh, – 
there was a bunch of notable QBs heading into the transfer portal. Uh, the transfer portal is just blowing up. I, it's it's hard to even keep track at this point. But there's some notable QB, QBs out there. One of them might surprise you. The LSU quarterback Max Johnson transferring out of LSU, which is he did a pretty decent job over the last couple of years. Uh, that that one's surprising. Uh, we have Indiana's Michael Penix Jr. is transferring. Uh, probably likely knew his job was in jeopardy because he did not play good this year. Another really surprising one is Nebraska. Adrian Martinez is transferring out of Nebraska. Well, what do you think about that one? Well, I I think there's reason for a lot of them. Well, Adrian Martinez, I think he might have expected that Scott Frost was gone at the end of the year, which he really should have been. He should not be their coach anymore, but he meandered himself into being their coach another year. So I think maybe that has something to do with it. I, you know, I'm just talking here. I didn't hear that. I haven't seen that confirmed anywhere, but to me, that's really the only reason that would make sense for Adrian Martinez to get out of town. Michael Penix is a little weird. Max Johnson though, again, Ed Ogeron, he's, he's leaving the program. So when you're a head ball coach, the guy that recruited you, the guy that got you there leaves, it kind of makes sense. I understand he had a good season, but you know, that Adrian Martinez, maybe it has something to do with Scott Frost. Maybe, maybe uh, Jake Harner from Fresno state original originally reported that he was in the transfer portal. And now it looks like he's withdrawing from the transfer portal and staying at Fresno state. So we'll have to keep eyes on that because he is one of those guys that's kind of sneaky and one of those non, you know, non really big time schools here at Fresno state. I, I think he could be impactful at a power five school possibly. So that that's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. We've known that for a couple weeks now and then uh, Ohio state. So in, in the only reason I bring this up, this isn't a starting quarterback from Ohio state. And we already talked about one of these guys last week, but the only reason I bring this up is Ohio state has a track record of quarterbacks that transfer doing really well in making the college football playoffs. So keep an eye out for Quinn Ewers, who is supposed to be the, he's the mullet man, essentially. Uh, he's transferring. He, he just got a multi or a million dollar deal of some sort. Uh, and now he's, he's probably with the Ohio state name and now he's transferring. It's a, a good political stunt by him essentially, but uh, maybe looking for somewhere where he can start right away. And then Jake Miller, the Ohio State backup, uh, first string backup, is saying he wants to get a chance to play somewhere else too. So he is now transferring as well. Both of those in their transfer portal wall. Yeah, I love that. You he man, he's these kids are turning the tables. I love it. They were taking advantage of for a long time. You know, now Quinn Ewers, as you mentioned, he's getting himself a free truck. He's getting himself a million dollars off the backs of Ohio State. <laughs> he's going to have thrown, what, two passes for Ohio State? He can barely State. drive the truck, Wall. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> He might have his license. I don't know. I don't know how old he is. But, one, Woj, I want to say this. that You got those two young guys going over there, right? Spencer Rattler, Adrian Martinez, and maybe Michael Penix, too. I mean, he's a junior. But those guys, they're going to have a tougher time getting to a top-notch program when you got these young guys transferring, too. Not to mention they're competing with all the new talent coming in because – if you only got one year left, you know, that's a coach has got to be thinking, well, I can't really get him that developed into our program because he only has one year of eligibility left. So that's something to think about, too, when you see these junior seniors, well, first year seniors, I guess we could call them transferring into the portal and then having to compete with these younger guys that still have three or four years left to learn the full system. You know, that's something to think about right there. No, it is for sure. Uh, definitely. 
Another side note here, uh, Maryland becomes the fifth school in NCAA to partner with a sports book. They partnered with PointsBet the other day. First first team in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, other schools that have deals are LSU, Colorado, University of Denver, and UNLV. Uh, the state of Maryland launches its sports betting market this week while uh, becoming the 30th state to do so to offer online and in-person sports betting. Uh, so Maryland kind of jumped on the ship here and, and got in early basically to promote that. And uh, Maryland will also be allowing in-state betting, which is interesting, Wall. Well, well, I mean, I don't, we don't promote specific, you know, not saying you are promoting specific book, but we don't promote specific books at this point anyways. PointsBet is not a book I respect. They don't take my money anymore, Woj. They kicked me off. I made too much money off of them. So now they don't take my bets. So I don't respect that. I don't think it should be legal, to be honest with you. So I hate the fact that you brought up their name on this program. Everyone listening, do not sign up for PointsBets. PointsBet, I should say, they, they are not a very good book. <laughs> All right, now that we got that out of the way, the wall hey, is two cents uh, there. Whoa, I, I got my platform. I got to do what I can. You know, they don't yeah, take my money. Yeah, you know, yeah. what, what do you want me to say? Got to inform the people. But uh, a little bit about the playoff rankings, Wall. So what what did you think at the end there when they when they put Alabama at number one instead of Michigan? I was really thinking Michigan was a shoe in, especially with back to back forty point wins. One of them, which was over Ohio State, which was the sixth ranked team in the nation, who was going to be a shoe in for the college football playoffs if they had won that game. And then they go out and beat the Hawkeyes. Yeah, I get it. Iowa wasn't playing very well, but they still scored 42 points on a defense that's pretty good. And they get lapped by Alabama, who's had close games against Auburn. And yeah, I get it. It's the Iron Bowl. But they also had a very close game and not a very good looking game against Florida. Well, it's it's all politics. I mean, Michigan right now, they should be number one. They don't want to put Michigan at number one, though, because they know then 2-3 is going to be Bama-Georgia, right? Yeah, that's true. That's, uh, they got to play it right again. Yeah, They got to play that game again. They're not going to get that revenue, right? Well, they're not going to get as much revenue as if they have Bama and Georgia play themselves in the national championship. So it's all politics. It all comes down to money, which is highly unfortunate. There's absolutely no reason that Alabama right now should be you know, ranked number one. Did they not watch Michigan's offensive line the past four games? Like, it's ridiculous. They're making a Big Ten team to boot, go through the two best SEC teams in the nation just to win the, you know, it's it's crazy. It's it's insane. But, again, it comes down to money. It comes down to politics. So I see why they did it. It's not right, but I see why they did it. I see why they did, too. And, again, to point out the not right part again, the loss Michigan had to Michigan State was a one penalty away from winning that game or one play away from winning that game. I mean, it was, it was a tight game. It it wasn't a game where Alabama almost lost to Florida or did lose to Texas A&M with a backup quarterback. You know what I mean? Like it just, it didn't make sense to me. Uh, Everything else does make sense to me, especially where they put Baylor. I like that they kept them behind Ohio state and Notre Dame, but Again, like we you talked about, well, we're going to do some bowl playoffs. We're going to do uh, an episode next week, and then the following week uh, we'll release it the day before uh, Christmas Eve, uh, which will be exciting to get a little Christmas broadcast there. Most people will be off work by then. So uh, listen in for the next couple of weeks for our bowl reviews, Wall. Well, it's, it's going to be insane, man. I, I love college football bowl season. Last week, you know, I sat out. I didn't, I didn't actually make one bet. 
Well, on college football, I always looked. I didn't make one bet. I just sat there. I watched the games. I enjoyed it. Probably do the same this weekend. But then we get into the bowl season, and that's you know that's where I make some money, Woj. It's every year, you know, that's where we, there's money to be made. But not only that, the games are so exciting, Woj. We have 43 total bowl games this year. They added an extra one because there was an extra eligible team. Out of those 43 total games, 21 that of those games are a field goal or less spread. Eight of those are one-point spreads, Woj. I mean, we're going to get some good football. There's going to be some good football teams playing. UTSA playing San Diego State. You want to talk about a group of six? Yeah, baby. SMU, Virginia. Come on. Oregon, Oklahoma. Tennessee, Purdue. Wisconsin, Arizona State. I mean, Woj, are you excited we got, or we, what? We got Coastal Carolina versus NIU starting it off. Well, that's, that's, that's an exciting game. Yeah, the coast of Carolina. Get ready to be taken down by my boys over there in Northern. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, until the next episode, I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. We're out.